Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, hello, Barb. Hello, Aaron. Hey, folks, hello. this is Silverline, and this is Wednesday Win. we got a small crew tonight. I think we got a few folks still waiting to join us, but we are here to talk comic books and pop culture. I'm your humble guest host tonight, and as usual, when I fill in for the venerable Dean Zachary, we have some issues and things go awry, uh, and we're hopefully... Uh, those problems aren't uh, keeping others from joining us. But thank you, everybody out there in internet land, for joining us. Tonight, uh, we are going to be talking about the independent comic industry, good, bad, ugly, what works, what doesn't, and get our thoughts on it from our small panel of experts tonight. And then we'll talk about anything else that tickles us as the night progresses. As always, thank you to Daytona Beach Comic Convention. And I keep feeling like that's really far away, but that's... August and September, right? Uh, two months yeah. away. And uh, there's a huge bunch of silver liners that are going to be down there the 11th and 12th, right? 10th and 11th, 11th and 12th of September. Um, I should have that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, cause I have a Rose City one that's like the thir- like the 20th, 19th and 20th. And okay. I remember like there. The other one is like just a few weeks before. So I think that sounds about right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's going to be a huge crowd of people. So if you can be anywhere near, uh, the, if you're going to be anywhere near Daytona Beach in September, uh, come see us. It's going to be awesome. Um, and uh, and coming up very soon in the Silverline uh, news, uh, more Silverline news is our next Kickstarter campaign. So um, if you don't get our emails, um you need to go to silverlinecomics.com and that little pop-up, right? Is there still a pop-up? Uh, either way, get on our newsletter. You'll find out how to do that and you'll get notifications about what's coming up. And we have another Kickstarter campaign coming soon. So if you want to get those titles, we want to be the first to get exclusive content and support the next batch of books coming from Silverline. Make sure you do that. All right. Have I forgotten anything, Barb? Nope, you're doing pretty good so far. <laughs> okay, good. Well, my name is Scott Wakefield. I uh, am the writer, co-creator of Steam Patriots. We've got uh, Aaron Humphreys, who does lots and lots of cool things, and uh, Barb Kelby. Not really. <laughs> okay, a few cool things. A few cool a lot things. Of, like, okay, moderately interesting. Uh, not so cool make a lot of crap. <laughs> and Barb, who has uh, uh, inked wondrous and amazing titles for a long time and rory is waiting somewhere out there um in ohio um i'm gonna send him a link so i'm gonna babble here a little bit like this while i scroll to get that link and then compose an email because mr rory boyle is um uh, opposed to social media and uh he um is not uh on facebook so he doesn't get all the all the group messages that we uh, send him. <laughs> I'm clicking this. Is, this makes for great entertainment, doesn't it? Uh, I'm going to copy that link, and I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to go do this, and send this link to Rory. Uh, I have to put it in an envelope, fold the envelope, and um, 
hand it off to the post office and that link's not going to work. Uh, Rory, if you're watching, um, you're going to have to wait here just a second. I'll wait till, till one of the other folks takes over the conversation. Um, we can jump right in. Uh, the comic book industry uh, ebbs and flows. Uh, the big guys and the little guys all have their highs and lows with uh, individual titles. And um, I have not been in the industry long enough to have uh, firsthand knowledge of, of, of the, the highs and lows of comic books. Um, but hopefully uh, folks out there um, are familiar with the good and the bad of what has come from um, the big two and um, and from the independent world, um, we are firmly, of course, an independent comic book here, and we uh, we love that. But it is tough to get above the noise, to get in front of, to jump in front of a Marvel or DC in between them and their consumer, right? To get our faces in and say, hey, hey, what about us over here? Um well, if we have pictures of you and your speedo on the covers of the comic, oh we'd well, be, wait, just a second. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, pictures or uh, illustrations, because uh, because I think Dean used my, me as a body double for 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 that one back there for right his there. superheroes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oddly enough, and this will give you a chance to send your email. Um, okay. Oddly enough, I, I was doing a little research today, um, and the subject matter said anybody except for DC and Marvel we could talk about. I don't know how large the companies are over in Japan uh, or if it's a lot of smaller companies. So I'm going to throw them in here too. But I, I did a little research on the top best-selling comics of all time. And Marvel and DC aren't even close. Um, the, of the 20 comics, two of them were American. And that's Peanuts and um, Garfield. <clears throat> There's two or three Belgium ones, one Italian one, and all the rest of them were uh, J- Japanese. And um, the lowest one was 120 million, uh, was number 20. And number one has sold 500 million pieces. Now, that's an astonishing number. That's um, uh, one piece. Have you heard of that one? Aaron, uh, that one yes, has sold yes. 500 million ish uh, books. Yeah, they're making a, a Netflix is making a live action movie of it right now. And what? that is that is of <clears throat> what era? I'm gonna look oh, this one up. God. Oh, it's, it's manga. Yeah, manga. Manga One Piece, I oh. think, came out. Oh. Uh, 90s? 90s. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like a pirate comic. Okay. So, like, I think that it's in a fictional world. This guy, Luffy, wants to be the greatest pirate and he eats some sort of fruit. There's like fruit that they eat that gives him powers and he can stretch. But like, just the thought of, of one yeah. book selling 500 million copies just oh, yeah. blows my mind. Well, it's, it's very, and of course, they have a different. Um, so the way they do comics, like in Japan, is a little different. They don't have companies like Marvel, DC, it's a different business structure. Um, most people, ma- manga cause is what I think they're called. Um, manga artists, they're usually independent, and they go through uh, serial magazines. So Shonen Jump and other magazines are these magazines that collect installments of manga episodes. And then once they collect enough installments, they put them in the books. 
which kind of like Americans do with floppies. Mm-hmm. Except we do floppies to put them in graphic novels. They put them in these huge magazines. They look like phone books. And, and people all over business, um, like so businessmen and stuff, will read them and stuff. Yeah. So it's a bunch of these little independent creators, and they mm-hmm. and they submit it to... These, these basically basically magazine companies. It's not, they're not wow. comic book companies like we do. Like we, we're Marvel and stuff will publish... Um, like you know, independent floppy like things. They'll publish a serial, and then they have these magazines that serialize these individual comics. And the magazines would be geared like Shonen Jump is geared towards young boys. The Sojo comics geared towards girls. And they have like manga com- uh, magazine or serials that do like sports, romance, whatever. And then so if you make a manga comic, you would submit it to them. A lot of times they have contests. These companies, I don't know if the contests are held by the companies, like these certain contests, and whoever wins the contest gets to be published in that. Like even Akira was published in a serial. Uh, sort of, and they look like phone books. They, they actually published Shonen Jump in America, physical, for about a year or two. It didn't take off. Nobody figured out kind of what it was. But yeah, you can look them up online, and they've been, that's the way Japan's been doing it for years. So th- there's not a lot of collectability. The idea of collectability in Japan yeah. doesn't really exist. They, I mean, a lot of the, the serial phone books, people read them, and then they just toss them. So they're, they're printed on very cheap paper. Once they're done reading, they just throw them in the trash. So, wow. yeah. yeah. There's not the collectability we have here with our stuff. So does do the independent creators, do they make any money off of this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Depending on the circuit. I mean, those magazines circulate, you know, tons and tons. And I think that the magazine companies will pay them. And then a lot of times, if it's popular enough, they make anime. Mm-hmm. Often, anime is a huge seller of manga. Those two go kind of go hand in hand, and that's kind of manga secret in a weird way. Um, that kind of that a European and American comics quite haven't figured out is that anime is a huge advertisement for the comic and vice versa. Because a lot of the animes are usually behind in the manga, and so if you like the anime and you want to know what happened, you got to go read the manga because they're like what six, seven volumes of head worry, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two and right so- below. Uh- this one, one sometimes years, years ahead. Yeah, yeah, usually years ahead. Yeah. Asterix, which is uh, which is a French Belgian comic, says mm-hmm. three hundred and seventy million. Oh yeah, yeah. Schultz's Peanuts also sold three hundred and seventy million. Oh yeah. So, so I, I can understand like uh, Garfield and Peanuts because that's like uh, I mean, that's very yeah, it across it appeals Staple. to everybody. Mm-hmm. And right. there's no, there's, it's not hard to, to sell that, you know, to, mm-hmm. uh, it does, you don't have to explain it now. Yeah, I, it's I, at bookstores. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's right. everywhere. It's, it's ubiquitous. So, I mean, like manga too. So, so I'm wondering what is it culturally the, is the difference between say Japan and the con, con, you know, consuming manga so voraciously and, and us, why, why has an, in, why has, if the, if the industry uh, if there was a need for that industry, we'd have it, right? We would, we would yeah. be doing it. So why? Roll the man himself. Oh, yeah. Roll the man. Hey, hey roll so him. yeah. Oh, hi, Rory. Hi, Roland. Hello. I haven't said hello yeah. to you guys. I have um, a few guesses on that. Um, yes, go for it. Uh, one, I do think for some odd reason, America's had this weird stigma about comics and mm-hmm. comics have worked closely. And I think that's to do with yeah. like, you read kids' books, you read comic books, you read books. Japan and a lot of the countries don't have that. They just see it in other forms of medium. Like comic books is like movies or books or whatever. It's just another way of telling a story. And they don't they don't care. So there's no stigmatization. Like you like you ask a lot of adult um, Americans, would you be on the like we have the subway here, which is like called the Max Rail here in Portland. Would you be on the Max Read in a comic? A lot of them are like, oh no, no, 
because I'd be seen as a nerd. My boss even said that. Hmm. He was in the Star Wars and stuff, and I'm like, oh, you ever get any models? Oh, that's too nerdy for me. That, that stigma doesn't exist in other countries. I think it's something that's really held back um, the American uh, comic art form. Cause there's Could it also be to do with yeah. just the nature of their language? They're very pictographic languages mm-hmm. forever anyway, so they're already used to the, that mental exactly. idea. It's already there. But where do you think the stigma started? Yeah, and how, how have we not gotten over it in 100 years? Strange enough, I think Oh, you silly people. Book, you should yeah. know this as comic book creators. Well, we're asking I, questions to start dialogue. We're asking yeah. the yeah, yeah. here so that our audience... <laughs> well, the audience to give us some feedback. There's a few... I think, for one, I, I know majority, but I still think some of it kind of started with Walt Disney to a degree. Um, because of the market towards kids? Yeah, and so people well, building it as family, family friendly. Family yeah. friendly. So mm-hmm. comics should be family friendly, and of course that went into the whole EC, the backhole, and the subversion of the juvenile, you know, creating of juvenile delinquents and all Seduction that. Seduction of the innocent. Seduction of the innocent, yeah. That was the book, yeah. And I think that just all tied up. And the thing that's sad is American comics kind of did it to themselves. When I mean, we did the Comics Code Authority to basically make amends Oh, we won't be bad or whatever. It was we kind of hamstrung ourselves for decades and reinforced that comics are for kids. So when we finally lost, you know, the comics code authority, it was almost like too late. We'd already cemented that comics are for kids, sort of thing. And unfortunately it's kind of stuck. Even though we've dropped the comics code authority, we could do whatever we want in comics, mentally that's yeah, still in people's yeah. thoughts. So yeah. it's kind of backfired. Roland? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, um, a lot of rightness there, but it, it all it all goes back to uh, seduction of the innocent. Mm-hmm. And comics were never intended for kids. Um, they they were created as for being for kids. Even after the comics code came along, they weren't really for kids. Uh, if you ever listen to Stan Lee talking at the at the height of the um, uh, comics code, he will tell you his audience was college students they were he was he was writing for college students now when you're old like some people i won't call names college kid college students are kids but that's yeah. not what we're talking about right they're right. They're, they're they're adults um so yeah it, it, it um because frederick wortham i i think people don't understand the damage that frederick wortham did to the comic book industry he he effectively his ideas effectively killed EC Comics as Aaron's already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Point, uh, you know, created the um, the Comics Code. Now the code changed multiple times over the year, but the thing you have to remember: the Comics Code was not about so much about making it for kids. The mm-hmm. Comics Code was all about distribution because. Uh, the distribution models were threatened because of Frederick Wortham saying, "Hey, this stuff rots the brain." So the distributors began to, and we're talking, we're not talking about Diamond and Capital, and we're talking about newsstand distribution, right? And so they they were threatened by, of course, you know, parents and and local communities like, "Hey, we don't want that stuff." So the comics code was created to say, "Hey, if it's got this, if it's got this code on it, right?" I've got one right here. Yeah. If it's got this code on it, right, then it's okay. We've had a council to look at it, and it's okay to be distributed. And so, what did that news- start? 
That started in 1950. Yeah, yeah, it's been around for decades. And it's basically. Uh, I can tell you when it exactly when it ended. Movie rating. It it ended in. It is basically the same thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, It's it's, 54. Oh, go ahead, Roland. Okay, there you go. Well, I was going to say for for folks who. who are old enough to remember in the 19, like 1980s and early uh, 90s, music experienced something very similar. Uh, a lot of people remember Tipper Gore, who is Al Gore's <laughs> vice president, Al Gore's wife. Just as self-righteous as <laughs> She led the campaign for the, the I, I, I may get this wrong, but I think it's PMRC, which stands for Parents uh, Music Resource Council, I think. That's something Sounds like right. That yeah, and they're the ones who led the labeling for yeah. uh, for compact discs, for CDs, right, for music. Yeah. I love uh, that so, explicit tag. Yeah, they, they oh, expl- yeah, it contains explicit lyrics, right? So it's a very similar thing that happened to music then that happened to comics in, in the 1950s. And it's and, weird. Oh, go ahead. It's yeah, weird. No, I'm just saying, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I think it's, it's that that period after that is when Americans began to view it because of the labels, right? Began to view it as, oh, well, this this is supposed to be for kids because see, it's got this label on there that says that it's okay. And I can remember, you know, bar probably remembers this too. I, I can, my grandmother used to read comics, mm-hmm. you know, uh, she had, matter of fact, I got my first, I, some of my oldest comics that I, that I had in my collection. I had a Marvel tales number two. It's a collected. It was a reprint of Avengers. Number one, Hulk, number one, something else. It was like four books in there. That was my grandmother's, right? And we're talking something from the 1960s. My my grandmother wasn't a you know a kid in the 1960s, right? Um, and now you could say uh, theoretically that the comics code is still in effect, but it's now it's corporate policy. Yeah, that yeah. corporate DC. policy, and it's so. I mean, this is I think a generational thing. My mom, I, mm-hmm. I remember when I showed my mom because I'm a huge X Men fan when the first X Men film came out. Uh, you know, she watched the movie with me because you know, she didn't read comics, it was the only way to see it. And she's like, Really, you're reading stuff this sophisticated? I'm like, You had no idea what I read. There were so many books I read as a kid, comics I read, and I'm like, Oh, yeah, they're for kids or whatever. And some of my stuff had nudity, yeah. violence, what, <laughs> didn't, didn't know at all, and just assume it's all safe. And, and so, I think that the independent scene right now is what is what uh, we really need because I think. DC and Marvel have their own metaphorical comics code mm-hmm. because they have their uh, their parent company board that they have. Yep. To, yeah. 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 Especially yeah. Disney. Uh, Disney's going, you know, kind of hammered down a little bit on that. And, and I and you know, and strangely enough, DC. I always think it's funny when Beast DC always people always complain, like especially DC movies. DC movies are too dark, and DC should be bright and happy and optimistic. I'm like, have you read DC Comics in the years? Yeah. I mean, they'll like <laughs> slaughter each other. I mean, it's like yeah. blood, gore, and death. I mean, there's some yeah. intense stuff happening in those comics. I'm like, you can tell when someone like, oh, excuse me, I'm supposed to be like a Boy Scout. And I'm like, you haven't read comics in the last few years. <laughs> you know, he's done some intense stuff. So, yeah. I always yeah. thought that was kind of funny. I think... Well, I, I heard some stuff that y'all were saying uh, earlier. I was listening. I just... I was... I was putting final touches on uh, a couple of different things. So, um, 
and and the, the funny thing about it is we see these people talking about oh the industry's healthy the industry's healthy right this is something that's kind of going around on, on social media uh recently and the the truth of the matter is and, and i think barb's already said it is that marvel and dc are selling at all-time historical lows yeah and so one of the things we always question or at least i, I think people question is like okay if this is the case how is the industry healthy well then you mentioned one piece it's because it's not Marvel and DC that are selling. It's other things that are selling. Yes. Independents are doing really well. I mean, you guys just look at, you know, look at at the strong independents that come, you know, in the traditional distribution models, right? Boom, IDW. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, Aftershock, you know, those well, guys are, the, are doing some well. Most, some of the most popular TV and movies are coming from the independent books. Yeah. They're picking the... Uh, the companies Hollywood is out there picking through the independents more oh, yeah. than I think that they're picking through DC and Marvel because they're gonna well, they realize they can't, that DC, well yeah they can't, they can't they look can't. at DC and Marvel now yeah right I mean look Dark Horse the Umbrella Academy is Dark Horse they're a Dark Horse to me is the the number one go to for TV and and uh, movies for a lot of people. Hellboy, Lock and Key. Yeah. Um, well, they were, they did that almost. I mean, Marvel and Walking DC. Dead. But, yeah. Resident well, Alien is from D is Dark Horse. No, really. Well, I mean, they did movies. I mean, there was an old movie called Virus with, uh -huh. um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't remember, Tommy Lee, uh, not, uh, anyway, the Scream Queen from Halloween. I can't remember her name. Jamie Lee Curtis. She was in it. That was a Dark Horse comic. Tommy Lee Jones, Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's three names. <laughs> names with a Lee in the middle. The thing I think I'm saying is that I think Hollywood realizes that the independents are fresher and have more unusual ideas than the tried and true superhero format. And they kind of line up a little more with the manga because manga does have kind of weird crazy ideas and independence line up more with that so i mean look at i mean my hero academia did their manga version of superhero comics and just sales wise crushes marvel dc so I'm like, again it reminds me of the old cars like you know japan came over and, and destroyed yeah. you know yeah. did yeah. well in our car industry but same sort of thing in, right and you said that that was a that was a manga superheroes i think and correct me if i'm wrong in the u.s it's really, really tough to get. It's especially tough to get attention for any superhero. It's it's tough. It's tough to supplant the big guy's superhero. Am I wrong? I mean, because you don't see it is you don't see superhero stuff getting picked up either. The you don't only see, one except that for I, like the boys, but they make it really different. They they have to yeah. they have to put a big spin on it to make it unique. Well, how many times have you heard somebody say, yeah. "Oh, that looks interesting. That looks like a Superman ripoff." Right. Yeah. Or right. that looks really cool. That must be like a a, a Batman ripoff. Right. Right. Okay. The only one I've seen that get come it. close yeah. to the to the popularity that's independent would be Invincible. Uh, Invincible is really popular. Now I don't know how popular he is anymore. I mean, I did have the TV show, whatever. But as far as straight superhero, and mm -hmm. I don't know Robert Kirkman's magic touch. He does have this weird sort of magic touch. He did The Walking Dead, and then he did Invincible, and now he's got other yeah. stuff. It's, it's um, funny. But Invincible was the one I remember going the <laughs> longest, and yeah, money, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember that going the longest, and I, I'm honestly trying to think of independent superhero. The boys. The boys. Well, that was yeah. the way out there. Holy cow! Yeah. But that was yeah. Garth Ennis. Well, Garth Ennis always. 
people are fans of plenty of superheroes, uh, independent superheroes that have been done. I mean, look at Raising Dion on. Oh, yeah. on uh, oh no, I was thinking uh, somebody had the sales numbers of Invincible, like that sort of. That, yeah, I know I there's see. tons, but like, yeah. yeah. Um, the Crow. The Crow. The Crow did uh, did really well. Um, I mean, you could argue the mask was super hero. Yeah. Um, Sin City was kind of like a, a, a knockoff of uh, the spirit, as far as I was concerned, anyway. Uh, the Sin City comics? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the comics shadow. of the movie. The Shadow. Shadow. There you go. Uh, the yeah. Shadow. Yeah. Um, Sin, I, I, well, I remember, and that was another comic I read as a kid in my, my mom. Like, hey, there's a comic called Sin City. Mom. Sure, let him buy it. That's yeah. <laughs> I, you know, no problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, and he—I mean, Frank Miller doesn't hide the fact. Like, what's this about? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, this is no hiding that fact. So yeah. she didn't. And my mom was, I guess, kind of progressive in that way. But um, yeah, Sin City because that was uh, Legend imprint came out. That was John Burns' Next Men. Mike Manolo's Hellboy, and that was Sin City. That was Dark Horses, and that's when I yeah, got into them. Yeah. So I want to, if, if you if you guys will allow me, I want to back up a little bit because Aaron said something about um, uh, Japanese, uh, yeah. the way that the way that it's consumed in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, how it's just uh, you know it's disposable. They they'll read it and dispose it, uh, dispose of it. At one time, American comics were that way. Yes, they were. At, at one time, American comics were 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 printed and created as a disposable medium. I, they weren't intended to be collectibles, and of course, they became collectible collectible over the years because people began to realize, hey, everybody threw those old comic books out. Yeah. Those are hard yeah. to find now, yeah. right? Yeah, and, and now everyone's it, chasing that dragon. And now everyone is trying to to create collectibles, right? Yep. And right. we don't do that anymore, but but comics were initially, I mean, think about it, you look at them, they were five cents, they were ten cents. Mm-hmm. They yep. were not meant to be, you know, some, some highfalutin, you know, literary literature. They were disposable no entertainment they were they were Ooh. supposed to be that's the one thing i always got yeah that's the thing in the yeah. 90s when they had the the uh the uh, speculator market didn't realize is well these comics are going to be valuable it's like well no the old comics are valuable because everybody's mother and grandmother threw them away right, right. That, they they're not throwing these away so there's tons they, of them yeah. right yeah. so it, yeah. it you know it didn't go in it, it is funny that I think there is a collectability. I mean, this is we were talking. I can't remember who I was talking about comic conventions. That's how comic conventions started. There were flea market sales, and there were chances for people to find those missing issues in those serialized sequential things. And then over the years, they, they invited artists or whatever. But they're really flea because I mean, before comic you know shops, where did you go to find back issues? Well, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you went to the you went to used bookstores. Used bookstores mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a comic con. Some of the people brought garage their collections sales. and traded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, garage sales. Yeah, yeah. Um, sales. yeah. I remember the first time I ever saw back issues, and, and if you guys have heard me tell the story before, it was my my friend Barry Gregory, who is Tommy's partner with Kablam. Uh, when I was in like seventh grade, probably I would go to Barry's house after school. My dad would stop by and pick me up. And because we, Barry and I had comic books, you know, that was our, our shared passion, right? And so um, I'd, I'd go to his house and hang out for the afternoon until my, my dad got off from work. But one afternoon, Barry said, hey, let's let's walk to uh, the bookstore. I'm like, okay, cool, right? So from his house, I don't know how, how far it was. We, you know, it was in the neighborhood. And we walked to a little sidewalk mall. And we walked in, and there was about, I don't know, six boxes of comic books, old. And I'm like, yeah. 
I've never seen this before. Look, oh, here's old Avengers that 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 were that I didn't have that mm. you know I had started buying. And then there were like six issues. I bought them all. I spent every yeah. dollar I had in my wallet, which wasn't very much. But I, I walked away <laughs> with both like dollars. Six, yeah, both, yeah. yeah, both dollars. <laughs> I walked away with like six Avengers back issues that day. Yeah. I'd never ever seen that before. And that kind of blew my mind and opened my mind up to okay, you can get these without ordering through the, the classic classified ads, right? Right. And <laughs> and the rest is history right behind you. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that clickability yeah. also yeah. kind of started in, in with fact, like the ones that I bought are in that box right there. I can tell you where yeah. they are. <laughs> well, I mean, the collectability of things. I remember started when they did like sports cards. I think the original sports cards were like cigar cases or something. Like there were these little cards, and then people started. You know, they were supposed to be just like a little like, hey, you got a little picture of it. Yeah. But people started collecting them, and then that. And and I see comic books as kind of a little bit of like like cards like collecting sets of cards like Roland said when he found the back it's just like well, I can collect sets of these and then right. that just blew right. you know opens your mind up like oh great you know and, so, and then the hunt's on and that's half the fun yeah um I do sometimes think ordering comics online and being able to get comics online even through kind of takes away a little bit of the hunt because that is half the fun look it yeah. up oh, yeah, there, oh there, there it is yeah. <laughs> that's what yeah. you should get excited for a comic convention you would make you know okay i need this mm-hmm. issue and this yep. issue and you scour and hope you get lucky exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah yeah anyone who's been been to a show with me has uh, particularly if there's time enough to get away has seen me digging through the cheap boxes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i have I no shame i think stuff. yeah i quote you can't pass up the dollar box <laughs> that's so true <laughs> well, there's so many cool random things in there i remember finding all sorts of crazy thing i remember finding this little it was called Albedo, Albedo, uh-huh. and it was like these little mice that were like this military. I've never seen anything like it, and it was like yeah. an adult. I'm like, and I, I was so hard. I never found any of the others. The artwork was kind of cool, but I was like, that was anthropomorphic, but it was like some Robotech, and I think, it was a, I think. yeah, something. Yeah. And there were all sorts of just really. I think that's where I found Usagi Yojimbo. I was in mm-hmm. a bookstore with new backends and like Samurai Rabbit. Okay, I was really, yeah. I was in the Ninja <laughs> Turtles, and I was into that craze, and I remember getting Usagi Yojimbo and all that. That's one of the longest running independents mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, uh, I met Stan Sakai at a few, uh, he's, he's such a sweet guy. Um, a few uh, conventions. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think, I think that is, that's still going. I mean, there's been once, yeah. but he, yeah, he's still going. That's you why know. every time I look at Usagi Ojima, like just read whatever you want. There's so much of it. And there's usually separate stories of the samurai rabbit. So, you know, um, the magazine 2080 from the oh, uh, yeah. UK. They put out 2018 issues. Can you believe that? I think wow. it's still going, isn't it? Or yeah, they yeah, it? yeah, it's still going strong. Yeah. yeah. So, so let me let me uh, toss a, um, a hypothetical to you guys, right? Uh, kind of based on on what Aaron said. So you you know that historically. Uh, traditionally, anthologies have never sold that well in the U.S. Of course, we can always think of exceptions, yeah. right? There's this one has, has done well. Dark Horse Presents had, you know, some heyday. But if you look right. at Dark Horse Presents, generally it's because they had aliens, right? And so I think, yeah. They did well because they had aliens. If someone were, were to get to get uh, a, a wild hair and decide, hey, you know what? Let's do a, a big, thick comic book once a month that has 
you know, I don't know. I, I know Shonen Jump has how many pages of those things? Like three hundred. There were like three hundred, but I think each. And I used to read the American version of Shonen Jump, which was made for America. But I think each installment was like basic comic, twenty-four pages or something. Okay. So it'd be basically putting like twenty-four pages. But again, like each. So of course, Shonen Jump would continue with the next installment. Right. So I'm, I'm pulling yeah. up a calculator here. But um, I think together they were like 300. But I mean, it was a bunch of these installments. So 300 because I mean, you... divided by 24. Yeah. You're looking at 12, right? Yeah. 12. So do you, do you think that that American audiences would have an interest if if somebody said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna publish this"? I'm just call it American Jump because I can't think of it. Yeah. American Jump right that. now. Right? What's that? Trademark. That. Yeah. <laughs> copyright. Tra- trademark. Right? Uh, American Jump. And every month, right? Every month, we're going to have 12 different comic books in there. And they'll be, you know, conti- they don't even have to be continued series, right? They could yeah. be, but one they have to be done. consecutive, right? You could have some one and dones. You could have a mini series. Okay, look, I, we're going to run. You know, let's just say cat and mouse. Cat and mouse in in month one and in month two, month three, month four, it's over, right? Right. Do you think? Uh, do y'all think that there are American audiences would have any interest in anything like that? I, I stranger, I think they would, and I've thought about this myself many a time because I have thought anthologies don't sell well but i think one of the things with anthologies like because i'm wondering like i've never been a big fan of anthologies and so i've been thinking why do i like shonen jump Nobody why do anthologies <laughs> not interest me like what what is that difference for me personally i think it has to do with maybe i can't think my th- if i know the stories in the anthology are like little six page short stories if you're not in the short stories they don't really grab me but like you said mm-hmm. if they're continuing mm-hmm. then that would be into it the comment the only magazine i know that has actually Somewhat pulled this off as heavy metal, heavy and metal, they're still yeah. doing yeah. it. Um, now that's bringing European but now they've comics. Had struggles. Into, they've had struggles. Also, yeah, 2000 AD does that too. Does yeah. that too? Oh, I, yeah. you know, yeah. it's one of these things. I think I would love to give it a, a shot of somebody just because I think it would be fun. Because I thought about even with Kickstarters, if somebody had a bunch of comics like them, give a Kickstarter like a new serial in the magazine. I, Marvel, I think, didn't Marvel try this at one? There's a comic shop that has this whole. I just discovered this recently. That's this little back end section, a little table in the back end, but it sells magazine size, and we're selling old Conans or whatever. But I think some of them have like a sort of Marvel presents. Well, they they Marvel maybe it attempted this or something. I don't remember one time. I think there was like Fantasy Illustrated stuff like that. The not may have been more. Oh, just you're talking artists. about Epic Illustrated. Epic Illustrated. Maybe was that yeah. the one? But it was just a magazine. And, it was just and, a magazine. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've got Epic probably in that box down yeah. there. Um, I think it, it would. It, it, did, it didn't last very long. No, it had some good stuff in it, but it was it my, was kind of it was along the lines of a of a heavy metal. My big drawback on that is I I might be hooked on one story, right? And yeah. there's twelve stories in there, so I'm paying extra for my one story. They would have to connect in some way genre-wise. Like, Shonen Jump is for young boys. So, so the magazines, the series, are like, kind of connect genre. Like, you don't have horror, romance, westerns. I mean, right. it would be, like, the western magazine. Epic was all science, science fiction. Science fiction, right. Yeah. So there would be something run, like that. Like, just, just 12 months of that. Yeah. I think that'd be a good I think yeah, it would... Indicator. It would... I don't know if it would work. I almost think with the way manga is so popular, it might work because I know a lot of people read manga and know of that format. It's becoming more and more popular in the yeah. States. 
I've often wondered myself how that would work and and would that be successful? And I've often wondered well, in a Kickstarter. So the other thing is that. when when you look at sales, um, floppies are are you know as much as it pains me to say, floppies yeah. are are slowly slowly dying. I don't know that they'll ever go away, but they they are certainly certainly not what they were. That said, graphic novels, right, uh, well. or, or, or or trade papers, which is what right. passes for graphic novels a lot of times, those are doing well, you know. Which is you know for for us, which is part of the reason that that you know I was insisted on the model. Okay, no, 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 we're going to do miniseries so that we can raise the funds as we go, but right. the end goal is always the trade, because. Right. That's where we're going to have, I believe, that's where we're going to have life is in the trades. I think strange enough, it's also an image perception. As weird as it is, graphic novels, the term, I, mean, I think we've talked about it's this before, on, even novel. on Hero Rolling Man, was the term <laughs> yeah. graphic novel sounds mm -hmm. more mature. Oh, yeah. People more willing oh, yeah. to read a graphic novel than a comic right. book. Right. Because it's, it's, yeah. just a it's a book. Name it's a book. Yeah, it's with a book. A hard right. and a spine. I don't read comic books. Those I are read, I read, I read, I read novels. novels. <laughs> <laughs> not, Which is always funny because I, I always. Opinion on this? Oh, yeah. I always thought it was funny on the news. People would always be like, you know, this content may show graphic images and then this graphic novel. I'm like, does that mean the content in the graphic novels? I don't know. Graphic, it's just the way yeah. they use your graphic. Yeah. I just always confuse me. I'd like some feedback from our audience if they want to kick in, whether they'd be interested in anthologies or not. I think if yeah. it was like a, a serialized anthology. I think there's yeah. the one, because a lot of times... And Do you get this way, Roland? I mean, does anyone else, like, once you see an anthology in American comics, you're just like, meh. Well, yeah, for me, yeah. yeah. And I know that I see them on Kickstarter. So here's the yeah. frustrating thing, right? So I see them on Kickstarters, right? And there's like, here's this here's this horror anthology. Yeah. It has 60 different creators. And then they make like $20,000. And I'm like, yeah. how? Yeah. But, but, there but then must I get be to some thinking, star creator okay, in there. They've got six. Yeah, they've got either a star creator or they've got 60 creators and all their families backed it. Okay, well, yeah. that's just the numbers <laughs> game. You know, yeah, that I makes mean, sense. That's just the well, numbers. Game. You gotta, you gotta uh, split up that twenty thousand between sixty people. It doesn't right, go very yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't go very far. Trust so. me, I know this. Barbara's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, been we, crunching the numbers for a while. So my, my my question is, we're um, uh, getting towards the last fifteen minutes of our of our topic here before maybe we transition into silliness, more silliness. Um, <laughs> What do the um, what so what's on the horizon? How do the indies need to adapt to be successful? Um, what do and if we can want to talk specifically about Silverline, we have been. Um, I think I mean it's just like any any big goal. Um, Silverline is just just doing the grind and in a good way, you know, creating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We you know we can't uh, unless we. we um, I know Rory. Cool. I know Rory's on the prowl for uh, for rich widows out there uh, to invest and uh, <laughs> rich old widows. <laughs> oh, sorry, old. Rory's Rory's out. He's trying. Um, but apart from you know, apart from having a, a zillion dollars or you know, or, or starting in or nineteen forty whatever, yeah. um, Silverline is doing the grind to to have our 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 stable of comics and we've got a lot of titles which is awesome yeah we which started is what we need. with one cat and mouse how many yeah. do we have now yeah and they're well um, yeah we've got uh, we have oh, a lot i don't give you a count i'm at the right computer so i can look <laughs> we're, we're, at, we're at this really be. weird stage we're right on the cusp of something really big but we just need that yes so <laughs> what we don't have this yeah, Scott specifically. And the speedos. 
Well, I just said this <laughs> right. at the beginning. I mean, what, nobody <laughs> listens to my ideas. Well, the, hey, uh, listen, Tommy idea. still owes me uh, a pole dance, so I don't think. <laughs> oh my! Oh, you're right. That was in. Uh, well, I think looking at a 50, 50 million Kickstarter yeah. right there. Scott and the Speedos <laughs> caught me on the pole is, dance. Is that the me. title of our next comic? Scott in Speedo. Scott in a Speedo. It's just page after page of. No sound effects, right? Aaron, no. No. <laughs> which which I'm actually adding sound effects in my next comic just to spite Roland. <laughs> okay. okay so, this, this, this. so, what what does what is so what is the, what is if the, we're okay, counting? I'm sorry. If, if we're so I just counted. If we're counting, and it may not be completely accurate, but if we're counting our uh, remix titles, which I am, yeah, um, twenty five. 25 wow. titles. And that's, 25 yeah, that's 25 titles that people can go buy like right now, right? They yeah. can, so that's, that's fantastic. Oh, you're talking about actual physical what? comics. No, actually, you know what? I have a cool image to show you. Oh, Keep boy. talking. I, okay. I gotta dig this so, image up. Right. So well, I, I think, I mean, of course, if you're going to sell, if you're going to, we have a product to offer. You got to have that product, and that's what Silverline is doing, and that's what all the all the the indies are doing. Hopefully, and they of course have to get through the noise that everybody wants their Batman and their Superman yeah. and their Captain America and their Iron Man. They <coughs> have to get past that, and then some of them are really doing a great job. What do they need to continue doing? What does Silverline need to continue doing to get that attention? What's what's the the what what's the very basics? to get in front of people, to get noticed. I, you know, strange enough, I do think, as weird as it is, like, graphic novels are help. And I've often wondered if somebody who is an independent comic company would just make graphic novels instead of floppies. I wonder what the difference just, yeah, would that be. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know oh, that's cool. if there would be anything to that. Wow. Wow. So this, are you able to embiggen that? Can you zoom? It, it, well, I can zoom. You'll, you, yeah. Of course, you won't be able yeah, to zoom. Yeah, it's like image. an infographic. It's really yeah. cool. Wow. Uh, so this is this is not for this Kickstarter because I, I didn't include um, I didn't include the last Kickstarter on this one. I don't know why I just didn't. Uh, but so basically, after this Kickstarter ships, these are the back issues. Now, if you can do math, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, four fifteen, sixteen, times. seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-eight, that's oh, right. That's, that tiny the mantis. Oh, that's the mantis in the in the Kalis trade. Kalis, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the tiny trade. I really like the tiny one. So thank well you, R- Rory. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, and, and Roland, uh, when we were at Pittsburgh, um, there were a couple other indies there. They had tables covered with graphic novels with yes. hard, yep. yeah. hardcover yep. graphic novels. Yeah, and um, and really as a as a consumer, um, that enticed me. I really like that. I like being I mean, able to. It's, it's bookshelf I mean, friendly. Yeah. It looks yeah. good. It I, keeps its shape. I, I have looked into hardcovers, um, and the cool thing is, uh, if we're not in a hurry, mm-hmm. a, we can we can get them reasonably priced from China, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, you have to buy them in quantity. Yeah. And so you yeah. have to come up with the money up front. Yeah. Now you guys have been hanging around Silverline long enough. No, <laughs> that ain't happening. Yeah. Number yeah. one, we don't have the cash to to, no, to, to do. Number two, we don't have the storage space. Where right. am I going to put two thousand? Come on, you, there you is buy a bigger house, Roland. Right. <laughs> there is one or two. Stick them in, in the yeah. slots here. Right? Oh, yeah. Just sit on them. Get rid of the couch. Get rid of the car. Just yeah. sit yeah. on them. I know there's a company Park the called. Cars out front. Uh, you got a garage, yeah. right? 
<laughs> I know there's yeah, a company called Lulu, and there's a few other the uh, print-on-demand companies yeah. that do do one-off hardbacks, but mm-hmm. they are expensive. And they're yeah. pricey. They're, they're, pricey. they're pricey. So yeah. it would be one of those. Like, if you did it on a Kickstarter, like, the Ultimate Collector's Edition hardback. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they mm-hmm. come out nice, but as far as, like, selling them in the store, no. And I've thought of doing yeah. that myself yeah. my own Kickstarter, of doing, like, one or two... Uh, like for a Kickstarter reward, like a hardback, but I'm not sure how well that uh, yeah. thought looked into it. Yeah, and that's, I mean, yeah, and it's not an unreasonable mm-hmm. thought process, but yeah, they they if you're going to go print on demand with a hardcover, they are going to be pricey. Right. Yes. Like right. on the hundred, like a over, like a hundred dollars at least, close to like seventy something to print it. People, so you're looking at maybe really hundred. They gotta really want all it. My right. soft co- all my soft cover uh, graphic novels are are in the bookcase. Yeah. Oh, we're just talking if, if, if right, people yeah. people like that premium. I have you know yeah. uh, people who like that premium hardcover. I'm a sucker nice. for hardcovers. Yeah, yeah. What can I say? Like somebody yeah. wants it hardcover, they can contact us separately, and they have to. Yeah, it it, even even on at the again the the convention. The, like I was saying, some of the other guys they they had their their wares out. Yeah, and they were every every one was fifty bucks. Looks sharp. Looks really sharp. But they were fifty bucks. Wow. Yeah, and that was for the hardcover. Yeah. Just yep. Yeah, oh, the hardcover. Yeah, Rory. I mean, what do you got there? Yeah, Rough Riders. Rough Riders. Oh, Rough Riders okay. is a great one, and that's well, a beautiful book. With, with the exception of Rory, is that Aftershock? Did you see any buy any? Yeah. I, oh, Aftershock. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's an yeah those are those are a little bigger companies. So those are, those are companies that can probably front the money up front. Yeah. Like Roland said that <laughs> yes. we can't do yet. Right. Yeah. Boom, so, boom yeah. does it with theirs. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, we're not there yet. But <laughs> Ross, Ross said there. he'll come talk to us. By the way, you guys, this was a Kickstarter. That looks Ooh, cool. That looks yeah. cool. Yeah. This how much? Is a, how uh, much was? Uh, do you remember how much you paid for the Kickstarter reward? It's this is about forty dollars. Forty dollars. That's not okay. bad. Forty fifty bucks. Yeah. And really, like, um, you know, honestly, uh, hardcover. You, you buy a D and D. Yeah. Know, player's handbook. Yeah. It's it's fifty bucks. Yeah. Um, so yeah. any. That's the cost of something like that, a, a, a glossy page. Um, volume yeah, of information. You have to be careful with some hardbacks because I've actually gotten some hardbacks that disintegrate. Yeah, right. It depends on the binding. Smiling, I've yeah. had a few that are paid money and they just yep. the pages fall out. Yep. So, you, so you have to read them like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peek well, into them. And, and I'll, I'll be honest with you guys. You guys know I'm yeah, a optimist. So yeah. I, I, I honestly believe that, that we, will, we will get to the point where we will be able to say, hey – we're going to order these hardcovers in mass because we're going to sell most of them yeah. immediately. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, most I, people... I can't see us ordering. And I think the minimum or the, now this has been several years since I've looked, but the minimum order at the time was like 2000 hardcovers. Um, I don't see us moving 2000 hardcovers. I don't see us moving a thousand hardcovers. No. In, in, I mean, in, in quickly. And so I can't see us spending the money to move. Yeah. 25 50 hardcovers right and i think perfect but one day books, i think yeah. we'll get there mm-hmm. right. perfect bound books i still think works i mean look at oh, manga yeah. all of well, perfect bound and all dude. black and white right and they sell I tons mean, they don't put a lot of manga in hardcover right uh, there. this is a great looking book yeah <laughs> I, I mean i i you know just, yeah. I, I think if anybody's heard me say anything my 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 out of the time we've been doing this my 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 probably biggest disappointment is that not more people got this book 
You know, I, I, I your biggest I, disappointment was me. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's, 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 that's in people. This is a, that's a people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the, the, the the thing is, I look through this, and this is a doggone yeah, it's really good cool. Yeah, book. it's really cool. That's, I, know, I really like the way that turned out. Me yeah. too. You know, the stories in here are good. What, what, what do you have, 16, 17 stories, I think? Yeah. Now, you know, are you thinking something uh, like that? Like doing that as far as like a serialized, like that's because if you could like make like the books look like that they're like the serialized multiple stories yeah well now that would only be you know something that size would only be four stories because that's four about stories. Which it's actually maybe enough like there's if they're serialized considering the stories are like you know 15 20 pages each like issues yeah, yeah. i don't know yeah i mean it's it's, so, it's a possible it's a possibility so what are the other what are the other indies? What are the successful indies doing? And I don't want to say we're not. We're just small. We're we're getting there. And it's it's a it's a process. Um, what are the what are the aftershocks, the booms, the IDWs, Dark Horse? What are they? Oh yeah, I was doing? like, if you're going for like the indie indie, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of uh, there's a lot there's a lot of very sell better small. Than other subject matters. Um, yeah, what, what made things. what made the, what? like Bone and Strangers in Paradise? They were that was the only thing they did, but they were. So it was funny. Bone, he, I remember Bone going to conventions yeah. and stuff. And I, I've met Terry Moore a few times who did Strangers in Paradise. And he went to Marvel and DC and tried to pitch Strangers in Paradise. And they'd say, no, they were not into that. So he just put it out. And yeah, I think are, those are, are just. So did Jeff Smith. I met Jeff Smith with the first yeah. issue when he was sitting at a card table. Uh-huh. At Diamond Distributor uh, yeah, retailer conference, nice man. Yeah. 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 trying to sell his first issue of Bone to oh. the retailers. I think I met him around issue six. I think, strangely enough, those were just kind of maybe a little bit lightning in the bottle. But I also think nothing against other independents of what I'm about to say. They were also very talented writers. Yeah, an artist, especially yeah. Jeff Smith. He is just a talented artist. So I do think there's a sense of artistic quality in that that mm-hmm. maybe you're not seeing in other well, ones. I think there's that. I think there's there's the there's a, a couple other things as well. Is uh, they were consistent, they were steady. Um, I, I think one of the things that um, well. I'm not pointing fingers here because if I did, you know, what is it? What, I got four of them pointing right. Back. Yeah, three of them pointing right back at me. More than one. Part of part of the problem with, with like the way we have been kickstarting is that we haven't been consistent. Yeah. You know, uh, you think of the the length of time now, and part of part of this is why we haven't been to Diamond yet because I knew this is what we were going to do, and we are we can't go to diamond and be this inconsistent, right? We got to go and be regular. We got to be like, be like Roland. If you could just um, hire us all as staff writers and we could churn them out. every month, We'd be just churning them out (laughs) for you, man. Okay. So, you know, Roland's got to quit buying all like the hookers and booze first. Where's the money going? I want to see it. You know, funny enough, BJ talking about this a lot. BJ and I talk about this a lot. I would love nothing more than to 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 for Rory to find him a rich widow. Yeah. <laughs> because, I'm lucky, man. because one of the things that, that you guys know that I love, the thing the thing that I love about who we are and what we do is this is a group of people who love making comics. And this is what this makes my heart happy. I know there's no money in that, but it makes my heart happy. <laughs> And that what that's what causes me to say, man, I really wish we had some money so I could pay Scott. I really really wish we had money so I could pay Barb. 
You, you can know, sell stocks. I, I, you notice my name's not you in know, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could just pay someone to call Aaron and take <laughs> We could pay somebody just to beat the crap out of Aaron <laughs> on a <laughs> regular basis. I usually take, take my pay anyway and turn around and pay my artists. <laughs> but yeah, but Bart, so, you know, folks that don't know the, the cost of making a comic book, it's like, well, why don't you just make more? Well, okay, for those of us who can't draw, I have to find somebody that I can afford to make. Oh, it's how many, how many monies per page times right, 22, yeah. 24? Oh, right. I think that's and, many. I, there's some of these uh, freelance sites I'll look or people like, hey, I want, I'm looking for a comic book artist and yeah. stuff. I'm looking to make a 90 page comic and I need oh. to turn around in a month and a half. Ooh. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, as and my dad many... used to say, one in one hand, get in the other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's, what is the three? What it's, it's fast. What is it? Quality or cheap? I don't remember. It's you, know, yeah. you, you can pick two of them, right? You, Fast, you, yeah. Right. Good or good, cheap? Cheap. Yep. You, you, you yeah. Pick two of those. Yep. And you can't. So in in, in the art world too, especially because you can't you can't just churn them out. Which actually we could. We could yeah. if we if we could cheaply uh, turn them out. Turn them out. We'd have pretty crappy comics, and we don't right. want that. So so we and we're not. We don't have a staff of writers in a bullpen making comics and so to to you you've got a you're hiring this guy that lives over there and this guy that lives over there and they're it's not they're doing 78 other comic books as well drawing and so you're trying to make a comic book and to make it consistent because in the that's the indie world unless i i don't know i mean how many of the indies have a have a bullpen and a, and, a, and a headquarters where they got people sitting down and, and uh, you know, picking up their comic and walking down the hall. No, it's uh, sending mm-hmm. high-res PDFs back and forth from, 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 from New York to, yeah. to uh, Oregon to uh, Minnesota London. to London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to I've often Brazil. thought there's a, a yeah. my, my, my artist, Alex, in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a few ideas I thought about making independent strong. One, and I have no idea if this idea worked, but I've seen it kind of done when the guy did Lady Death. He did a sort of horror universe. He had Lady Death and Evil Ernie, and there was like some other people, and he made this sort of superheroes, like superhero type connected universe, but in the horror genre. And I've often thought, well, what if you did the same thing with like a fantasy world? Well, like, like you have like maybe like three or four titles of different characters in a fantasy world or horror or science fiction. Yeah, like I don't know, like that way you're focusing it on a specific genre, but you're also getting that connected universe. I have no idea if that would work. I know some of the more some of the successful independent comics by just like guys in their house making it have been comics that have gone towards specific genres. There's a guy named I can't remember the gentleman's name. He did a comic called Harlan Buck Free Sword, and each comic was its own sort of like like individual little story this guy in this fantasy world who was like the sword for hire and the story is kind of loosely connected but you can kind of read them out of order and stuff um he got really popular and then he eventually work got in the way and he couldn't do it but he connected himself to that sort of D fan base and that's what kind of and so he's like okay this is the kind of focus so if you like D role-playing games you're gonna like this and i'm like huh Okay, that's an interesting idea. I've seen some horror comics do that too. You like horror movies? You like this. So there is not. I'm not saying that's going to be like a huge upswing, but sometimes you can get more people to take notice that there's a comic aimed at sort of their general interest. The thing about superheroes is superheroes is a comic medium, and so yeah. there's a ton of stuff. So I've seen people try to tie their comic to another genre that may not be comic book focused, and some so, would be successful. So um, 
I, I don't think Silverline can necessarily do it unless we somehow somehow have some breakout success. How do we change? What has to happen with the culture to bring to bring it back? Is that going to happen, or will it always be a kind of a fringe thing? Because uh, even even the big guys, we the movies happened, of course, the movie, right. but that did not. That did not affect comic book sales. Well, so they, they just keep... It didn't affect sales, but the more the more uh, uh, comics adaptations are made into TV shows and uh, movies, it doesn't matter if it's DC or Marvel or an independent. You know, yeah. The more of those that happen, it, it brings more people into the comic book fold. And they, they re- realize that, that uh, comics... I guess... You know, like they're like yeah. the mask, time cop, yeah. Hellboy, Alien versus Strangely Predator, enough, Sin the, City. The, pro- the problem with that is majority of people I talk to when they see those movies have no idea they're adapted from comics. So, but in the only grand, Marvel and DC have a general consensus. In the grand scheme of it, comics, in the yeah. grand scheme of it, does it matter that much? I mean, I don't know because you got yeah. like. Oh, oh, it's not my comic. It's not a comic book, but they're still getting your story. So if if Steam Patriots was made into a long format Netflix, ten seasons of of, right. of, of a series, um, I would be infinitely happy, right? I mean, I'm it's not going to say, oh, no, 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 no. It must yeah. be on paper. They must. Turn <laughs> of course, they must turn. Somebody walks past your booth at a convention and like, oh. Yeah, I didn't know that was a book. Yeah, yeah. so I'm I, hoping I think, for the Broadway musical. So that's it, in the background. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rory, yeah. you can you can make the Broadway. I'll take Netflix. We'll split the we'll you blow take Hamilton the out of the that. water. So um, if 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 someone is consuming your story, unless it's completely changed, and I know like like you think like World War Z, that yeah. was a book yeah. turned into a yeah. horrible movie. Um, it, uh, I would be really happy. Someone is consuming my story. My story is out there. So in the comic book world, well, the stories are out there. People are consuming those characters, those worlds. Um, is that going to be the way it goes? That people are the 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 diehards, the fringe is reading the comic, and then mainstream has to be a movie. Let me let me just say this: <laughs> as one who has had their properties optioned. Yeah, by by Hollywood yeah. before. Yeah, uh, I don't know that you would be happy. Yeah, because because um, in a lot of a lot of instances, you lose control. You lose creative control. Yeah. Now you might be happy that they wrote you a check, right? Um, and we can certainly. I was very happy when I got a check, right? But when I read this, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this That's is not my story." My story. This is this is not my story. Who wrote World War Z? Take your original, retitle it, put it somewhere else. If it's so different, yeah. Take your original story, retitle it, sell it somewhere else. Because if if it's that different, well, that was on Cat Mouse. Cat Mouse had already been published at that time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was. I already had a comic book. Um, Here's something uh, interesting, and it's not going to change the world or anything. But um, one of the the show. managers that i i do shows with quadcon uh, i do quite a bit of their shows and they are doing more and more shows in the mall yeah where they do it they just spread out in in the hallways well, just, of the mall. they don't do that here which i wish they would because that seems like such a great idea it is a great idea because i probably i did fantastic sales in the mall and uh-huh. everybody there there's several vendors now that say i'll never do 
anything but mall shows going forward because the general public is walking past walking through like, yeah yeah that's a, that's a good point because we we if the cons you're just fantastic other than like and i love i love going to conventions because uh, also seeing like you see that mom or that dad who's just like <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> but you got to give them props. Good job, mom, dad. Thank you for taking your child that's in you know cosplay to run around. But other than the people that just tag along, they're not. Someone's not wandering. Oh, let me spend eight bucks to walk into this convention center. That's you have like the, the, the free little nudie books to throw to the dad. Here, dad. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, buddy. <laughs> well, half the sales I did at these yeah. at these mall shows were just people there shopping, and then they stopped by yeah. the table, oh. and I. Yeah, this that might. Really? That's a good. That's well, something they need to get in front of other people. That so it's yes. not this uh, circular economy. And this is how comics used to sell, right? Yeah. When we were on the newsstand, yeah, we had right. We had the spinner racks, and you could go to, you could go to Seven Elevens, you could go to Stop and Robs, you could go to Kroger's, you could go, yeah. you could go to bookstands, right. right? You bookstores, they were available everywhere, right? Now, that was one of my jobs at, at Rexall Drugstore. Was yeah. <laughs> was taking care of the spinner yep. rack. Well, now if you want to, if you want to buy a comic, you have to get in your car and go to a comic, comic shop, shop, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, or a convention. But if, if you're wanting to buy comics, you have to purposely go to a comic shop and seek them out. You don't just happen upon them at the grocery store and go, oh, yeah, look, I'll, let me add a copy of uh, Little Lulu or... or uh, right. uh, comic uh, books at the price point whatever. are perfect for impulse buys. And you yes. defeat the purpose of impulse buys if somebody has to deliberately go to a <laughs> right. store. There's no, so there's not, no I'm impulsively drive yeah. the comic books. So. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Uh, do impulse buy. <laughs> now, this impulse buy in com- oh, that looks like a cool title in the comics yeah. in the comics. Yeah. But Roland's absolutely right. When you're in a newsstand, I mean, I mean, how do you think people like those Sun periodicals and the in the uh, Inquirer, like how do they still exist? Because they're yeah, right? buys. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So I mean, they said, Walmart, companies have said like, and stores have said they make more money at the stuff by the cash register than most yeah. places in the store. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. because it's just so Roland, there. you get it right on that. You start talking yeah. about Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know how many copies they had to print to do oh. that? Oh my god! Oh, that I, one company. I know a little bit about it because when we first. Uh, when I first started at Malibu, we were on the newsstand, and we were printing a hundred thousand copies and sending those things out. And we would get, are you ready for this? We would get about eighty, seventy-five to eighty thousand of those returned. I thought so. That's what I was yes. going to say. Yeah. But but here's the deal: you print a hundred thousand, you get them per unit, so cheap. You yeah. made money selling yeah. twenty thousand copies. You would get, think uh, it. T- get Tommy on it. Tommy, I'd be curious <laughs> yeah. to know how that one company who went to Walmart did. The, uh, uh, Allegiance. Yeah. Allegiance. Yeah, I don't because I've gotten in there and looked at that, but it's it's a unique stand. It's usually never really organized that well. I think not because of lack of them trying. It's because when they send mm-hmm. it to the store, it's up to the employees, and they they don't right. really care. Yeah. yeah, they don't really upkeep it. So eventually, when people flip through it, and what is this? They kind of disorganize it. So eventually, it just kind of looks like a kind of a, a mess of random books. Yeah, and I think that's maybe a little bit of people push back. I don't know how it's due. I know when I go there, there's a lot of back issues. I mean, I have like issue four, and there's like two, three, four, and there's tons yeah. of them. So I don't know. I haven't how even they're seen selling. them at my Walmarts. I miss the spinner racks. I, I know yeah. they're there, but I yep. so I wanted to say something uh, you, you, about the independents. So you talked about some of the other independents earlier. Now I want to I want to tell you something that you might not have 
the light bulb might not have, have gone off in you. But if you look at, at talking about people like Dark Horse, people like Boom, and I'm even going to say Battle Comics, what helped get them on the map? Licensed properties. Oh, yeah, yeah. They licensed yeah. properties. Now, not necessarily, now Dark Horse got big ones, but Dark Horse got lucky. Yeah. Big ones. They just got. They yeah, got yeah, licensed yeah. properties that people already knew, and they right. said, "Hey, we're gonna go make a comic." Malibu did. Uh, they had an agreement with um, Full Moon Entertainment. They did comic books uh, on Doll Man, the movie Doll Man. You yeah, know, yeah. Like trans, uh, Tracers and all kinds of those those kind of you know cult innovation science fiction. Was huge with the, with was the license. Innovation was another one. Yeah, yes. I did so much licensed work. You know, Freddy's Dead, Child's Play, uh, yep. uh, Lost in Space. I did, I did, I was like the queen of the Lost Didn't Tops do Star Trek? Wasn't Tops comic? Didn't they do like Star Trek or something for a while? I don't remember that. They may okay, have. maybe I don't, maybe, okay, maybe. Rob would know. The only yeah. Star Trek books I had had Rob on them, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Who, who were those published by? Was that Marvel? Uh, no. Uh, DC. DC did yeah, Star DC. Trek. Was it DC? Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. I, okay. did it, I did an issue. Yeah. So, so I, 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 you know, that's certainly something to talk about, think about. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly even look something at, like, we have. Right. We even <laughs> like, look at old what Marvel. We get? What can I we mean, afford? old Marvel had Conan and Star Wars and a lot of licensed yeah. books that, that helped Joe, help them. Joe. Yeah. Brent, tell us, tell us what, tell us everything the independent comic book industry needs. Go. Uh, the owner <laughs> needs to go out and stage a kidnapping and then rescue the person, and their father needs to be wealthy. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, we got to find like a, a, <laughs> a, a a billionaire's daughter to kidnap. We're, we're I have, not, we're not, I have tagged not. Elon Musk in, in Twitter <laughs> posts before. She's like, look, look at us. Well, I mean, Elon, Elon, could you drop some cash over here, please? Just, whoop, just, just drop <laughs> yeah. some off. Just, uh, just accidentally. Yeah, just, so. Oh, look, it fell out of my wallet. I'll take, yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. Thank you. Strange. No, and I do think he's right about the licenses. The, the thing that's unfortunate is we need – it's very hard, but I do think we need to create more of those big licenses, like those big properties. The only one that I – in recent years that has been that – big as like star wars or whatever be harry potter but those were books yeah and i'm trying to think of any i'm honestly trying to think of other ones that have come from comics and i mean the, you know the boys and stuff are like properties but not like huge mega um and i do think independence can make those properties it's mm-hmm. just you for some odd reason Fans love nostalgia. They love connected to one property, and yep. it's hard to drag them. Like, no, spend money on Star Wars and Harry Potter. Spend it on my stuff, and that is a hard sell. Yeah, that's a real yeah. hard my sell. My Little Pony. I'm sure we could get that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we could do My Little Wait, Pony. Wait, they did My Little Pony, did they? Aaron somebody, could, uh, somebody Aaron had could draw My Little Pony. I think I did. I think. Strange. I remember watching that new My Little Pony cartoon. I watched it one time. It was on. I was like, and I actually was cracking up at it. That thing was just like. It was making fun of itself. I'm like, okay, okay, this is kind of funny. Another reason to fire Aaron. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's a brony. Brony, <laughs> that's what they call him. What's the yeah. That's got to be the cheapest, and we can just revamp that. But yeah, it, I, 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 it's funny. I remember a comic company doing Puppet Master, I think. It was a horror movie. That they was did that. Was that Malibu? Okay, that. and then coming on. And so... 
Well, I, you know, I have to send you a link. I saw a commercial, a Malibu commercial on YouTube. Somebody Facebook posted from YouTube about like the uh, Prime was, guy. Was it about but, the Ultraverse? Yeah, like there was yeah. a kid, and then he got up and ran. There was a huge line at the comic shop. Yeah, I was like, I think I didn't know Malibu had commercials like that. Oh, man, yeah, first comic book uh, company to ever do that. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and I was... and I wasn't in those commercials because I was having a baby. <laughs> well, be- first wow. man to have a baby. Listen, I was way ahead of my time. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> women don't need them. <laughs> I can do this on my own. Hank, Hank Knowles is in is one of those is in one of the commercials. Which one? Hank Hank Knowles is in one of them. Really? You remember where the uh, the guy skateboards over the car? Oh yeah, yeah. Remember that? That's Hank's car, and that's Hank. They asked because they were cheap, right? So they were like, "Hey, can we use your car?" And Hank said, "Not, not if I'm not in it, you can't." Yeah, so- yeah like, I, like if I'm gonna wreck, it's gonna be my car. Yeah, I suppose yeah. didn't have Curtis in there. Was was, uh, was Aircell a part of Malibu when Aircell. they did Men in Black? Yes. Yeah. So they were a part of Malibu. Yes, so Aircell was. Yeah. So Malibu was. I mean, Men in Black was a success. Yeah, but again, yeah. nobody so, knows it's so, a comic. That's the hardest so Men thing. Men in Black you- was a comic first. Right. Yeah. 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 So Lowell yeah. is a is a friend of mine. Lowell, because because the the story is Men in Black and Cat and Mouse were on the market at the same time, right? And they had been um, they had both been optioned about the same time. And so Lowell and I used to talk. Hey, what's going on, with Men in Black? Hey, what's going on, with Cat and Mouse? Hey, what's going on, with Men in Black? And for the longest of time, it was oh nothing, oh nothing, oh nothing. And next thing I know, Lowell says, Hey. This this uh, this young actor named Will Smith is interested in the in the the script, and I'm like, you got to be kidding! Are you talking about the Fresh Prince dude? He goes, yeah, and I'm like, that'll never go anywhere. Does he still have the rights? Uh, no, he does not. Oh, that was too bad. Yeah, you know, our our, our uh, listeners are are actually listening into a live think tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, what about what about like the Rifleman? Who owns that? Because that was a Radio show and a TV show, right? We have that. that. Enough people that know. Those are short Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. To be honest, and most of the time, too, if you get your comic option, they write a script. A lot of times, the scripts will sit on shelves. Just because you get an option to get a paycheck doesn't mean it's going to be a movie in like not even maybe in your lifetime. (laughs) That if you get an option, that guarantees the movie. An option is really just them saying, "Hey, we think this idea is cool. We're going to give you some money, so no one else can give you money." Right, Basically, right? yeah. So no one and, else and, can use it. And then we're going to take it, and then we're going to mess it all up, and then we're going <laughs> to, and then we're going to see if we can get anyone interested in making a film about it. Almost like the trademark industry, where people buy up trademarks just to keep the trademark. It, it, tech industries do that all the time. Like this, trademark I mean, collectors. Oh yeah. yeah, they'll just sit there that way. No one else can use the technology. And and then there's books that are indies that are so popular that they they refuse to die. I mean, look at the crow. Okay. Yeah. The crow started out at Caliber, and then it went to yeah. it went to Tundra, and then Kitchen Sink. Kitchen Sink. Like it went kitchen. to London Night. It went yeah. to London Night after Kitchen Sink. Uh, and then he just keeps yeah. reprinting it, right? And Pocket after, books. Pocket books. Uh, so what, so, Serenity. So just, books, and now it's at IDW. Does so, it, I mean, I just didn't know that. All yeah. boiled down to just writing a really good story. And I love to say that because sometimes yeah. the successes out there aren't really good stories. So yeah. um, I know it's it's a bit of luck. It's a bit of who who yep. who discovers it. 
Um, but there's so, also yeah. stuff like eight different publishers. It's yeah. also a bit of when you're talking about uh, uh, selling options, right? You're talking about not the comic book itself. When you're talking about mm-hmm. selling options, it, it 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 takes somebody to look at it, right, and say, um, I think this has potential outside of being a comic book, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. If you read the, for instance, if you read the Men in Black comic, it, it, it's nothing like the TV show. I mean, the movie. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. It was just a concept of like, hey, we really like this concept. It's pretty cool. We're going to buy it from you, give you some money, and then we're going to change it up to because the concept is cool. Right. 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 But we need to make it work for 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 film. So I look I looked up. Uh, I'm sorry. I had to look up. Max Brooks wrote World War Z. And he I remember him uh, someone quoting him as saying there are three things that are the same with the movie as the book. The words world war and z yeah <laughs> that's, yeah. that's it yeah it's what did they tell you like hollywood will break your heart is not kind of the old saying yeah. well and at some point you you do have to decide um yeah. are you going to if you're if you're a creator are you going to um be willing to let go of your baby for that money so when you're when you're t- t- talking options do you want control or do you want the money yeah that's not an easy decision no we had kevin van hook on here a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks ago and we were talking about bloodshot and it was it was pretty much the same thing there were a few things that were kept but But, yeah 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 it wasn't his bloodshot right yeah, I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, that paycheck. If well, and that's it. That's, that's, that's you know, when when you and this is what this is the, the sirens call uh, for yeah. comic creators, right? Yeah. Because even uh, even you know, well, I'm not talking about the the astronomical, you know, X Men number one right. kind of yeah. sales, but even comics that sell well still don't really make a whole lot of money. Right? right, they don't. Right. They they're not gonna put you in a in a mansion. They they can you can afford to live, right? But they're not gonna put you in a mansion. <laughs> so when Hollywood comes around, it's kind of like, ooh, yeah. Yeah. I might can actually get some real money yeah. now, right? Right. And so yeah. it's that call, and it's it's you know for for comic book creators who don't make that much money, that's hard to resist. It's hard and to pass up. Yeah. I'll be honest, with you, I don't know any creator who's ever said no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the same with books. People think yeah. like most most book authors, you know, kids' books. I mean, people are like, well, that's why I always think it's funny. Every time I see like a movie, I was watching a TV series recently where the guy's like in the movie. It's like, oh, he's a first time, you know, publisher. I just had his book published and he's selling tons of books or whatever. I'm like that. And all the movies, everyone who's an author is like living a high life. I'm like, right. yeah, right. Yeah, right. That's yeah. not, that's like a, not, winning the lottery. So, yeah, I mean, not everyone's you, you, you got your Stephen King's or J.K. Rowling's. Your... Yeah. They're the exception. Not the oh, I mean, you can uh, count yeah, on your right. hand. Yeah. Authors yeah. That, yeah. Well, and then, so Michael, like, I love Michael Crichton books. Yeah. Um, Jurassic Park, but even Jurassic Park's not like the book. Cl- pretty close, but uh, Congo? Congo? Oh, that was an awful movie. One of the worst movies I've ever yeah. seen yeah. in my entire yeah. life. One of the one of my favorite books. Loved Congo. And so, yeah. Strange I don't know. enough, I think it's how attached you are to the property. I mean, if somebody gets, yeah. if you wrote a story mm-hmm. and you don't, like, you're Michael Crichton, you wrote, like, say, Congo story, and like, I don't like, yeah, I just wrote yeah. it for fun. Somebody offers you a check. Pff, why not? Well, Do what why, you want yeah. with it. I don't yep. care. And it's, yeah. it's going to be an income forever. And yeah. <laughs> I've, told I mean, this, I've told this story before, but uh, I, I also did the graphic novel of Lawnmower Man, Stephen King's Lawnmower Man. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and, and he hated the movie adaptation because yeah. it wasn't anything like his book. But, 
And before we could put out the graphic novel, he killed it. He got his lawyers coming oh, in and he killed it because yeah. he wasn't about, well, he hated the movie. He wasn't going to see it as a graphic novel. Wow. I guess yeah. if you're Stephen okay. King, you can do that. Yeah. And you can so, say, you know what? So you had the artwork finished? I don't need to. The whole 60-page uh, oh. thing was finished, colored, ready to go to press. In that, in that I, and I ate over Stuart and Monin. Do you have a copy of that, Barb, somewhere? Because I was be just going to ask that. Yeah, if it I never went to print, I sort of like that I idea. Few, I have a few uh, Xerox copies of the artwork, and that's it. Barb, I love Ooh, that you say Xerox. Xerox. Yeah. I love that you say Xerox. <laughs> I remember uh, Tom Hanks when he did Road you to Redemption. They asked him what he thought of the comic he read it, and he's like, "I don't read comic books. I don't read that stuff." Uh, so I mean, again, there's that stigma. It's so 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 when I talk to Tom Hanks, yeah, I don't go to movies. I don't waste money. Yeah, Yeah, I don't waste money. I know the same thing. I I don't know where that stigma like like. I, I don't get it, it's a, it's a form of communication. I, I don't get stigmas and forms of communication. I I, I want it around the kids book section. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, I, I maybe want it on the FBI's list. <laughs> but, no, yeah, but I like kids yeah, books. I like the and, art yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I'll look at it. But people and, like and read you know, kids books like, from yeah, a storytelling story. standpoint. Sorry, not to yeah. diverge too far for like from as the writer reading kids books. They have to distill good storytelling down mm-hmm. to the simplest yeah. form, and oh, I love yeah. it. That's I awesome. love it. If you want to get a story across, read a kids book. Sometimes they're really yeah. stupid, but sometimes they're really great. And you have yeah, they, don't, they don't make sense page to page, right? Yeah, but yeah. They, they can get a story across because it's for kids. So, yeah, uh, I think you know if if we keep churning out, which we're doing, what Silverline is doing, churning out good stories, good um, and and across the the spectrum to entertain and be great entertaining stories. Um, it, it it's what we need to do, and that's that's what the indies need to do. Um, there's I, unless something outrageous happens we're always going to have the big guys as as that oh yeah yeah, they're going to be in the way um but but if we can get more and more people and i like you know barb's idea of of being in a mall being in front of the Mm. the the customers that maybe aren't going to see us and that's kind of what rory and i had hoped would happen with steam patriots is we would get the steampunk people but we'd also get the history people you know that that aren't necessarily going to pick up a comic book um and you know maybe that'll happen. I don't know. We we have yet to have a rich historian. I know rich historian is almost a uh, you know um, an, uh, redundant. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, kind of like kind of like rich comic creator. Right. Yeah, no, they're out there. They're out there. They'll pick up our book. So what but, um, what what you need are people with social media reaches. Yeah, yes. you got to get that's, that one. You got to get that Neil, Neil Gaiman. Anybody in our hey, audience hey, is a big Elon. social media influencer who has lots of followers. Contact us if you That's say right. at there that might tags even them, be right? free if you say at then their name. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, funny? I remember I had a friend. He got a, he sold like a decent amount of his books because his like he did art for a rapper who was a locally kind of well known rapper. I don't know how, but he had like a thousand following. And he gained all his followers and was able to sell a decent amount of books because he did art for like this rapper. And apparently, the followers over the years have fallen off because he hasn't done anything else with the gentleman. <laughs> But it just that was it. I mean, he did some artwork for a rapper. Now he's got fans. Like, and, and that's a weird set connection. That's like you doing something for like you know Julia Childs, and all of a sudden, like we got a bunch of comic fans. Like, it just you know it's what. But it, it sometimes happens. 
Yeah. I don't know. So we are we're in the last few minutes of our show here, um, and uh, we were going to talk if we want to talk about uh, what's what's on our summer reading list or summer watching list. Um, I am personally reading. Uh, I got sucked into a book series that started in 2008 called the Destroyer Men series. Roland, I told you about them while we were in Pittsburgh. Great series of novels, Destroyer Men, really cool. World War II gets sucked into a parallel universe, um, and I just had a, I just went on a little vacation last week and managed to read almost an entire paperback. Almost 390 pages in one week, which was like, a, I haven't done that. In, and this is a huge deal because Scott just learned to read. I've just learned. I, yeah. <laughs> that's I from We saw Lightyear. That was a lot of fun. Oh, was Lightyear good? Okay. Lightyear, I know, Lightyear, um, and this had, week we're going to go see four in next Tuesday. What's four? I was like seven out of 12 monkeys. I don't know. Four. <laughs> um, I want the minions thing to die. I want it to go away forever. Stop with the minions. But I had friends who went and saw it at the drive-in and they loved it. And I, but let me see here. Scott, what, Scott Wayfield Christmas minions. list minions <laughs> movie series. Got it. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. <laughs> Fun fact about minions. I know the guy who created Minions. Oh, oh really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Roland, I, wait. I, I now Scott, that's a direct link. No, no, I directly yeah, had to get yeah, rid of this. Right, right, right. <laughs> Roland's going to be like, Scott, your biggest fan. Um, <laughs> I think in the grand scheme of things, they're hilarious or wonderful, but I don't know. The movie's just kind of uh, enough with this Minions. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, but Roland, I think you saying the phrase, I know the guy who is like, <laughs> Okay, big surprise. <laughs> Roland knows everybody. Roland, yeah, yeah. Or, well, you just you have with... to be cautious when you start talking about serial killers. And Roland's like, I know the guy. Know who... the guy. That's <laughs> what you want to get <laughs> concerned. You know, yeah. I knew that guy before he. <laughs> yeah, before we all know you, Aaron. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Anybody else? I don't know what's I, I, honestly, and I know this. I'm is looking like... forward to the Prey movie, but it's only on Hulu. So um, that's the Predator I, sequel. BJ, yeah. I'm watching Dark Winds right now, and it's fantastic. What's that? What's that on? It's on AMC. Out? It's on AMC, and okay. it's it's a uh, very Native American. Okay. Um, oh, that sounds good. Uh, McClellan is the head, the lead. Oh, he's awesome. I highly, highly recommend. It's Native American noir. No. Oh. Interesting. What era is it set in? Era. Like in era. The 70s. Era. The 70s. Era. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so aim, aim has to be a big part of it, then, right? Yeah. It's it's just been renewed for season two, and it's the critics love it. The the populace loves it. What's it, it called? Dark, Dark Winds. Dark, Dark Winds. I have to look that up. Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, uh, binged on uh, the fourth. We binged uh, Terminal. Uh, oh, that's so good. God, that was so good. Chris Pratt. Yeah, we just started that. Rat. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we yeah. After that first episode, you're hooked. I didn't know okay. what it was. Dean, right? Dean said I got to watch it. It's on my list. Yeah. I haven't turned the TV on in a long time. It's well, been like good. summertime here. We were, and, yeah. We, the, the fourth being on a yeah, Monday was really weird it. for us. We yeah. also you know? just started yeah. watching The Old Man on FX. Yeah, the old, old with good. the e. Jeff Bridges, right? We did Bridges. watch the uh, Outer Range. That was kind of cool. That's a good one. Yeah, I liked Outer Range. Yeah. We were watching one about 
the one about the Mormon killings, the something of heaven, the banner of heaven, something. Oh yeah, with Andrew Garfield. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. We started watching like two episodes, and then we, again, I, I, I'm like, oh, this is good. And then I completely forget and lose track. I, I, I've been rewatching Cheers again. I like Cheers. <laughs> oh, I love oh, Cheers. Yeah, classic. Yeah. You know, so I've been watching that. Um, and then I listen to a lot of dramas because I can listen to my works. I've been watching some stupid. It's really weird one called The Affair. Apparently, it's been it was seven seasons, so I have no idea what this is about. But I'm like, that must have a hell of an affair for seven seasons. So I'm like, I'm like, what, you know, Ooh, tell but me there's more. like a, it, it started out okay. I'm like, okay, whatever. I can listen to it. It's a drama. They're just talking. But now there's like a murder mystery. I'm like, okay, maybe this might go somewhere. Yeah. But, uh, other than that, I, I guess I need to watch Stranger Things. I watched the first season. I've heard years season, ago. Four, season three was one of the worst things ever made. That's sorry. what people four, said. Four, so I just kind of wrote it off. Yeah. I never saw but, it. We're about ready to start season three of uh, The Umbrella Academy. You know, it's funny. I read the original comic when it came out, and I, I the only reason I knew about the comic was the guy who wrote that comic was the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And no kidding. And yeah, yeah. and so he wrote the comic, and he he's actually a really good artist too. And I don't think he did any art for the comic itself. He might have done a few pictures, <laughs> but the show, uh, the comic itself was kind of like it, it was okay. So when they made the show, I'm like, oh yeah, it was okay. I don't know, it didn't really, <laughs> it didn't really grab me. So I didn't really watch the. Sh- I watched like a little bit of the show here and there. I've been rewatching Robotech too, but I'm a like old Robotech fan. That's good mm-hmm. stuff. So good. yeah, uh, we. I, I don't want to keep cutting us off, but the clock is ticking. Um, and uh, Roland, yes. We, we got a big announcement, right? We do. This is, it's July. Is it July? Is less it is. It's July. It, uh, we it, had our Fourth of July. We had our Independence Day. We're talking about independent comics, and we are Silverline as an independent comic. We're creating a genre-spanning titles. And what's tonight? Something. Something happening tonight. The, something That's is tonight. happening tonight. Barb, do you it's, know Rory? Rory? Brent, I've, what? I've what? Heard Independence of whispers. Day. <laughs> Independence. I've got a window open here, and there's a little green button there yeah. that says, yeah. "I'm ready to launch." Oh, 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 are you are you working for NASA? Mission control right there. I'm just thinking, I'm ready to launch. Everybody watch the news. You find out what the big news is. Small bird whole country explodes. My plans coming to fruition. You in Uruguay, you better say goodbye. You so, guys know me too well. Mine would be like, I never did like those New Yorkers. I know. <laughs> north of Mason Dixon. No, yeah, North. He's drawing a line. Country. Destroy. <laughs> the last thing we heard was the that South rise again, race. and then the whole North exploded. <laughs> you know, funny thing, Aaron. I, I actually. Um, You're going to pull those pistols or whistle Dixie. Dix- no, That's a hard thing to say. <laughs> That's I my actually wrote story. a story that had that happen in it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I did. I really did. It was it was uh, published, and Martin Mertonen is actually going to color it. Uh, and I don't know what I'll do with it, but at some point in time, I can't find it right now. But it was just a little eight page story uh, for an anthology that was of, in a black and black and white books way back in the of uh, New King the Yankees. Late, late yeah, what's about New King Yankees? New King Yankees. Called- the oh, Yankee that is, Nuker. That's a Southern <laughs> punk rock band. Yeah, yeah. And across the ocean, all of England was like, yay! Yeah. 
So, okay. I like that we, title. I like that. We, yeah. Yankees, Yankees, we actually, Yankees. It is 929 on the East Coast right now, and we have not actually said what the crap we're talking about. <laughs> there is a video. We have – oh, go for it. Can you launch it? Okay. Yeah. All right, yep. folks, go. Okay. All right, here we go. Here's the video. Hi, and welcome to our Kickstarter. I am Roland Mann, and I run Silverline Comics, and this is our 19th Kickstarter. Yes, 19! We have successfully funded and fulfilled 17. Why not 18, you ask? Because we're still in the middle of shipping those books. So it'll make it. We're just now in July. So it's going to be on time. But I'm here to tell you about the next one. This time we've got three comics in one Kickstarter but I'm going to shut up yakking, and I'm going to let me tell you about Trumps. Take it away, Roland. Hi. Let me tell you about Trumps. Trumps is a superhero sci-fi story set on the deck. Yes, it's about playing cards. There are four kingdoms at war. You might guess hearts, spades, diamonds, and clubs. Yes, they're at war. The one who wins, the one who has the most power, can declare themselves Trumps. We don't know who that's going to be. You don't know who that's going to be yet because you got to back the Kickstarter to find out who's going to win. Which kingdom will be declared Trumps? This is number three in a four-issue miniseries. And I'm, I'm happy to tell you, four is so close to being done. We'll be kickstarting it very soon. Hi, this is John Crowther. I am the writer and co-creator along with artist Del Barris of the Teen Beatles series. And I am excited to announce uh, that we are coming back to Kickstarter with Silverline. And uh, once again, uh, we are seeing Teen Beetle in his battle with uh, Dr. Mantis as Dr. Mantis is trying his hardest uh, to seize the formula for vitamin 2X. Uh, and as you know, that is how Team Beetle gets your power. So uh, join us. Uh, I invite you to join us. Pick up the second exciting issue and uh, get ready for the third one. Switchblade is the story of Scott Nathans. Set in New Orleans, Scott is just a small-time boxer hanging out trying to make day-to-day. But he gets fed up with the justice system when a couple of killers are let loose by the justice system because the policemen forgot to read them their Miranda rights. And everyone knows that they killed this little girl and did nasty, despicable things to him. So Scott decides to take justice into his own hands, and he becomes a Switchblade. It's a three-issue miniseries, and it's set in the world of cat and mouse, so hope you come along. Don't those sound exciting? Yes, the answer is yes. The answer is yes, they do sound exciting. And you, you want them. You know you do. You know you want to pledge. You know you want to push that little button that says pledge. So that's what we need you to do. We need you to go pick out a tier, probably the extravaganza that has all three of them so that you can get all three books. Pick out that tier, pledge, and then tell all of your friends. But look, I know this is tough times. If you can't pledge, do us a favor, share it. Share with people and say, hey, these are cool people. They make comic books. They ship comic books. You're going to like them. Go support them. Thank you. And remember to make mine Silverline. (laughs) 
Roland, if 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 any of my any of my uh, ideas are made into a movie, you're gonna be in it somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta have a silver line series yes. of movies with yes. Roland as the as something like the Alfred Hitchcock walk on every time. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> <the> cameo. <laughs> that is incredible. So did you did you launch the did you launch the no, missiles? No, I'm waiting. No, you're, you're the guy who gives me to go. I am going go. to Roll say. You can't Roll give him that much power. power. You, you have the codes plugged in, right? Your fingers I poised do. over the big red button. You've, You've gotten the call from, from on top. You are, you are. That's it. Ready to go. And we are going to launch our 19th Kickstarter right now. And everybody out there watching, you've been your present for it. Go there. Because uh, traction begets traction, right? And um, uh, and, and to tell your friends, share it far and wide. Tell everybody, um, and because you, you know the more successful this is, that's the whole point of Kickstarter. It will half the point, uh, one one third, three eighths of the po- seven tenths of the point of Kickstarter is to get all the the uh, the exclusive stuff, right? And the better we do, we'll get more stuff. You'll get more cool stuff that no one else will get anywhere anywhere in the world with, on this than on this Kickstarter campaign. So go pledge right now and um support because you're ordering you're just pre-ordering a book um silverlinecomics.com if you, you go there the go for yeah press the button oh yeah. okay hit, hit the button roland the, the, okay. the button has been pushed all right i'm, I'm waiting on confirmation <laughs> and what, what are you really? the page. Oh, now it's live kickstarter <laughs> is live folks everybody go grab your newest uh, installments of the, the Silverline titles. We're running a little long here uh, because this is awesome stuff. Um, also, SilverlineComics.com. If you haven't been there, it's going to give you a pop up. Get the newsletter. We send out updates on such stuff like this. We send out craft updates. We send out news about uh, what's going on in the Silverline world. We are growing. Every one of our titles has been fulfilled. Um, all of you who backed the last set, uh, uh, those are coming. Those are on the way. And um, keep enjoying those titles. Keep sharing, folks. That's what we need. That's what makes the indies uh, – it's, it's a word of mouth. We're a Silverline family. Um, we would hug you if, if we met you, uh, which we have. I'm sure Roland's giving out hugs at all the conventions. Free hugs from Roland. Um, so go over to kickstarter.com. Or check your inbox because you probably are getting an update, right? Does it does it send out an update? If if you've if, got if you said notify me, yes, <laughs> so yes. the links are going to be on Facebook, um, going to be on Instagram. Instagram is so annoying about links; you got to put it in the bio and so forth. Yeah. But yeah, get on Facebook, check your inbox. Um, if you get those notifications, we have three count of three titles that continue that continue our stories. Um, we got uh, Trump's number three, Teen Beetle number two, Switchblade number two. If you grab those first ones, um, and we are going to have it available, yes, Roland. If you want to order back issues, that's always an option. That's yes, always absolutely. an option uh, in our Kickstarter campaigns. You can grab any yeah. back issue. Um, they can I grab would, Steam Patriots number one. Steam Patriots they, number one. Yep. Uh, uh, Divinity number one and two. Yep. Yeah. Uh, any Kalis. any of the uh, uh, Kalis any titles, Brent. You've been. I, I know you jump on late, um, but we got to wrap up. We love you, Brent. Um, we have three backers. <laughs> all right, right. right. span wow. up in just a couple minutes that's fantastic Thank you, three so backers. yes spread the word um spread it on social media tell your friends really because you back that and then we we keep hitting these stretch goals you'll get more little goodies it's really cool yeah. really cool goodies um that no one else is going to get uh later on exclusive stuff and you help us keep creating these awesome awesome titles and um Unless uh, Roland's got anything uh, else to say, we got to wrap up here. We're we're about eight minutes over, um, and this has been a great talk on the 
industry of the independent comic world. We need you. That's the world that we need to, the people we need to make um, Silverline and the indie world successful. And we all, we all want to be, we all want to keep creating unique titles that aren't the same old stuff. Um, Silverline is here because of you. So thank you folks out there. If you're watching this live, thank you so much. If you're watching this later, thank you so much. Hey, and in two months time, if you're anywhere near the, uh, anywhere near Florida, like in North America, um, or even, you know what we've got we have inter- international artists joining us, um, oh, September yes. 10th, rolling 10th and 11th or 11th and 12th, 10th, and 11th, yep. 10th, September 10th and 11th at Daytona beach comic convention go over there make sure you like their page follow all the stuff you know the social media stuff so you get their updates you can see our ugly mugs on their uh feed we're we got a big big group of silver liners coming to florida yeah. which is really cool uh, awesome. really Every exciting year it gets bigger. i can't wait I, there's because i haven't we got we got uh folks from the other coast and we got folks from other countries that i've never met um yeah. it's going to be great can't wait to see brent again share a, share a, share a taco right we 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 uh, <laughs> shared a table and had some delicious food. I can't wait to come to Florida in September. There will I'll be, be there. no taco. Yeah, yeah. Um, can't That's wait. Still, so still yet to happen. Thank you, folks out there. <laughs> and thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, we're going to wrap up. Make mine. So, we love you all. Goodbye. Hi, my name is Sergio Cariello, and make mine Silverline. Thank you for listening to the Silverline podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.